was a deliberate choice that we knew we wanted to do this, but we didn't want to rush headfirst into it. And actually, that for me, that was really important as Mr. Enthusiasm. Go, let's go! A kid in a sweet shop. No. We know we made a really mm. conscious choice to go, well, let's going to take real slow steps into this so that we don't mm. break us. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 215. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an exciting interview with Michaela and Paul. They've been together about three years. They're from the UK, and we have some fantastic conversations with them. Yeah, one of the, I mean, maybe a couple of the key things that like come out in this conversation is a really amazing conversation about uh, bisexual men and the lifestyle, and a really a couple of awesome conversations about transitioning relationships and uh, Michaela kind of talking about how her and her ex-husband like transitioned to a friendship and they're like super supportive of each other. I don't know. It's a beautiful interview and we're really excited to share it and we're really uh, thankful and grateful that they reached out and are and here to share their story. So thank you, Michaela and Paul. We appreciate it. Yes. Before we jump into their interview, we do have a few quick announcements. This intro may be a little bit longer than normal because we have some exciting events coming up. New events. New, New events, events we've never talked about ever, 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 ever before. Yes. But if you're not interested in those, feel free to skip ahead a couple minutes and then jump into the interview. But we don't encourage that. We'd rather you listen and hear about these events because we <laughs> want you to come join us. Whoa. I was excited. so excited. (laughs) You can't see it, but my hair is literally blown back. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, first of all, a huge, incredible thank you to our Patreon community. We're so grateful for each and every one of you, and it's continued to grow. Thank you for that. That's amazing. Um, If you're interested in looking for community, we highly recommend going to check it out. We have an ongoing monthly um, Q&A. We have men's and women's groups, and we have a MeWe chat. So to find out more information on that, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click on the Patreon button. Also, the dates for the January events will be up on the website as well. Also, one of the perks that didn't get mentioned about being a Patreon member, the stuff we're about to talk about. They already know about. Right. Because we announced it to them ahead of time. Exactly. So first up. Virtual events. We got some virtual events. Every month we've been doing virtual meet and greets since the beginning of the pandemic. We took a couple of months off, but we're back and now we're doing two a month. So we have a virtual meet and greet on January 15th yep. and we have one on January 26th. Yep. So those are our standard virtual meet and greets. They are open to anyone. You do not need to be a Patreon member to join. The requirements are that you must be open-minded and respectful of everyone joining. Uh, to go to our website, and sign up, <laughs> normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the community events tab and virtual events. It's all there, all the information. We'd love to have you join us. Again, that's the 15th and the 26th of January. Also, on the 14th, we have a different kind of virtual event. Yes. So the name is a little bit misleading. <laughs> it is. It is a virtual play party. However, it not is, that kind of play. It's not that kind of play. We met back in 2019. We met an amazing human in Portland at a, at a conference that we were at uh, named Gary. 
He is, and and this is a real thing, he is a strategic play consultant. Yes. So he partners with large companies and uh, professionals to help them level up their skills. And small businesses like yeah. us. Yes. <laughs> huge, huge two-person conglomerations like right. the Normalizing Non-Monogamy podcast. Right. So... He partners with companies and professionals to help them level up their skills. He's an improv comedian, but he basically takes uh, what he calls transformative play and integrates it in a way to basically help people build relationships and grow. And so he, through the pandemic, has taken his ability to do this in person and made it a virtual. So we're super excited about this. Um, we've never done anything like this and we're pumped for it. Um, so yes. We're, we're super excited. So you can sign up again right under the same place that you found the information on the other virtual meet and greets. There is a way to sign up for this event. It is on January 14th. It is a Friday night and we're stoked. So definitely want to check that out. Uh, you don't want to miss this. Right. It's so exciting. We can't wait. And yeah, come join in this unique opportunity. Uh, it, don't let it unique up on you. Oh, <laughs> I messed it up. I messed it up. All right. Anyway, we also have some in-person events coming up. Uh, we've mentioned our New Orleans meet and greet. That is on February 7th. Yes. Sign up for that. Come on, people. We want to see you. We want to meet you. Yeah. We do have some people signed up and we want more. We're going to take over a bar in New Orleans. Um, it's going to be awesome. And one quick thing about New Orleans and COVID. New Orleans has a regulation, a requirement that all like public spaces like that uh, check vaccine cards at the yes. door. So. Uh, that is part of the reason we're continuing to go through with this. Um, even though it's sort of an indoor-outdoor space, uh, COVID cards will be checked at the door. And we have another par uh, a party. I just I just blew it. I know. They know, now they know it's a party. We have another event coming up the following weekend. Yes. On February 12th in the evening, we have a pool party at a clothing optional place. Again, vaccines cards will be checked at the door. And a special note about this event, um, it will be limited to uh, 20 couples. And uh, as we said before, we mentioned this. We 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 uh, announced this to our Patreon community a couple of days ago. So about five out of the twenty slots are already filled. And we just want to really another quick note. Um, it's not necessarily couples, but we're using um, a system called the PAL system. Yes, good clarification. So you can come with anybody. You just cannot come alone. Um, and this event is co-sponsored by Happy Kitten. Yes. Pleasure School and Events. Yes. We're super excited. They've got some exciting stuff coming up. Um, and the sort of the organizer of Happy Kitten also owns the pool. So we've rented the pool and we're sort of working together with them to create this amazing sort of clothing optional meet and greet slash party. Party? <laughs> so not that our other meet and greets aren't parties. Right, but this one is a little different. Yeah, it's a little different. So, so all the details are on our website normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the community events tab and in-person events. Yes. We hope to see you there. We're super excited for it. And the last event that we have on the calendar officially, but we again we have some others coming up that yeah, haven't been announced. Right, we're working on other ones, but the other one that's actually planned is actually not until March 26th, but that's a Saturday and it's going to be in San Francisco. Yes. So if you listen to episode 188, you might remember Amy. Amy uh, owns a handful of pole dance studios. So she has offered to teach a private pole dance class and then let us use the studio afterward to do like a mixer and hang around and chat and meet and greet and that type of thing. So that is going to be on the 26th, as Emma said, the 26th 
26th of March in the evening. Um, it's a pole dance class and meet and greet, and uh, we're super stoked for that. That one is also limited to about 30 people, so if you're interested, definitely sign up, and uh, we hope to see you there. And Ooh. that was a lot, but that we're was a so lot. excited. Go to our website, again, normalizingnomonogamy.com. We say it all the time, but go check it out. All of the information for these events are there. If you have any questions, feel free to email us uh, or send us a voicemail on the Contact Us tab there on our website. Also, on our website, you'll find uh, all podcast show notes for every episode, so go check those out as well. Yes, and with that, uh, let's jump into the interview with Michaela and Paul, and we'll see you all on the other side. Let's go. Welcome to the show, Paul and Michaela. We're excited to have you here. We're excited to learn more about you. We've been trying to make this work for a little while. Apparently, time zones across the pond are a little bit difficult sometimes, but Mm -hmm. we're we're happy to be here. We're happy to be making it happen. So welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Do you mind starting by introducing yourselves for the listeners? Mm -hmm. Since we only know a little bit about you, so and people listening obviously don't know anything, so... Start with introduction. Uh, sure. No, no, you go ahead. I'll go first, shall I? Yeah. Okay, so I'm Michaela. I'm um, 44. I wasn't necessarily in a non-monogamous relationship before I met Paul, but kind of was a little bit. And I've always been kind of semi-open to the idea, so it didn't come as a big surprise to me when we started discussing it. Hmm. Yeah, that's about it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And how about you, Paul? Uh, well, I'm Paul, obviously. Uh, so I'm a little bit older. <laughs> I haven't hit 50 yet, so that's good. We'll keep it that side of that, I think. Um, uh, yeah, so no, we, well, we've been together for a little while, but there was no non-monogamy prior to that. So. Yeah, we've been going three this years all... this weekend, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, thank yeah. you very much. We made it. Yeah. Well, and so, um, Michaela, you said before you and – well, we, we know this because we got a little bit of intel before we started recording, but you and what you kind of just said was you had a little bit of – experience in non-monogamy before you met yeah. Paul and you've always been maybe open to the the concept of it do you mind taking us back to like the beginning for you and what what sure. that has looked like right so uh, before I met Paul I was married uh, I've been married about 13 years I think at that stage and we had um I, I think towards the end we had more of a friendship as opposed to a marriage at the end. And there had been discussions about opening up the marriage and seeing other people, and I'd always been very, no, 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 that's not what I want to do, that we had talked about a lot, um, and actually had even booked books and, and, you know, read the books and discussed it and so on. But it just didn't feel right with my ex-husband. And then about, I would say about maybe two months before I met Paul, I went out on a date with someone without telling my ex-husband <laughs> and kissed him, kissed this other person, and then came home and told my husband all about it, and he was very excited about it. He was very excited about the fact that I'd gone out on a date. And it kind of gave us the green light to open up the relationship. So he was happy with me going out on dates and, and seeing people, and provided that we kept our marriage as it was, because we had a very happy marriage, apart from the fact that we weren't really attracted to each other anymore. Um, so about, I would say, yeah, soon after that happened, about a week after that happened, I started talking to Paul online and met him two weeks after that. And I was still seeing other people at the same time. I was going out dating and I had a few um, people that I was seeing on a regular basis, which my husband knew about and was very supportive of. And in fact, I told my ex-husband about Paul straight away and he was very supportive of our, of our relationship from the beginning, even now. Yeah. Um, even though after about three months, I said, you know, this marriage isn't actually working. And it, 
the end of our marriage was not because of my relationship with Paul. It just happened to happen at the same time. It was kind of like everything, a bit of serendipity. Things kind of came together and it was enough is enough. Let's just set ourselves free as it were. We stayed living together for about a year and a half afterwards, mm-hmm. um, quite happily as friends while I was still going out with Paul. It just happened to be that I had a boyfriend and a husband at home and he was pretty cool with it. And my family, when I told them, were pretty cool with it, although a bit surprised. Um, um, yeah, that was basically it. But when we got together, it, my idea at the time was not to have an open relationship as such. In fact, when we talked about it to begin with, and I said I wasn't ready to share him just yet, you know, just give us a bit of time to kind of bed in ourselves and, and see where we are before before we get to the stage where we can bring other people in or even discuss bringing other people into to the relationship. Yeah. yeah, which was absolutely the right thing. It to which do. was the right thing to do. To, yeah, for sure. was, yeah, you have yeah. to kind of have the two of you. foundation yeah. before you go and jump into anything else. Um, yeah, that makes total sense. And, and just really quick to, to back up, Michaela, when you you said you went out and you kissed some other guy, and that was sort of the green light. You you told your husband about it when, but you had talked about opening it up, but you hadn't. We I guess, hadn't you, discussed it openly to the point of me going out on a date with someone else. Okay. Um, we talked about it in terms of um, maybe getting a, a third party in or maybe seeing a dominatrix of some sort. He was really into that. And it just I didn't feel comfortable with the idea of it. But it wasn't the relationship itself. It wasn't the idea of opening it up. It's just I didn't trust him in that way. And I think that's one of the main things when it comes to having an open relationship, a non-monogamous relationship. You have to have that trust built in there. And I just, it wasn't comfortable doing that with him. Um, okay. That's one of the things we've talked about a lot since. And I've actually talked about him, uh, about this issue recently with my ex-husband as well. Because I feel like I went from, oh, I've dated someone. And he goes, oh, good, go out and date everyone. I'm like, great. And I did straight away. <laughs> um, and we never went back to having that conversation properly. And I think looking back on it now, we should have actually sat down and discussed boundaries. And we didn't do any of that. It was just like, make it out for dates and that's it. And that's all he knew. He well, knew where I was. That. Because I let him track my phone in case anything happened, and I always told him where I was. But yeah. we never actually sat down and discussed what is how is this going to impact us on a day to day basis. What are our boundaries? What you know? Do you stay out? Do you not stay out? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so for that first experience, that was sort of I don't I want to maybe maybe I'm misinterpreting it, but almost a little bit of a risk, right? Like you had talked uh-huh. about it, and you had thought like, well, in theory, we could do this, and you just kind of went for it one day, and like, yeah. well, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit impulsive at times, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think it actually speaks well of our relationship. I, I knew I was safe enough to come back and have that conversation with him. It could have gone either way, you know, but I knew it wouldn't have gone terrible. Um, mm-hmm. It would just been like if 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 you hadn't been happy with it, that would be the end of it. As far as I'm concerned, we would have maybe have tried to work harder on our marriage. But as it turns out, it was just like, no, go have fun. This is what I wanted you to do for ages. Um, so, and who brought it up initially between the two of you? Him, he did. Okay, yeah, years but you before, weren't actually and, and years you, before. Okay. Oh, okay, and but you weren't necessarily comfortable with him doing that. It sounds like. Um. I just wasn't comfortable with the idea of us both doing it. I wasn't interested I in seeing other people. And it felt more like a band-aid. And it's like, you're not going to stop the marriage by opening it up, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was just felt the complete end of it there and then, if you'd been done at that stage. Because uh, even though we had been reading and we'd, we'd been talking, we weren't at that level of communication to be able to do it in a way that would be safe for our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have spelt the end of it. Yeah. Right. 
Right. It's a bit like having yeah. kids. You don't have kids if you want to save your marriage, you know. <laughs> right. Um, right. So, so you don't open up your relationship if you want to save your marriage. <laughs> you know, it's not the thing to do. Definitely not. Right. Right. And, and I appreciate it. Like, we're not trying to grill you. I think just trying to no, understand that, like, is a sort of an interesting approach, right? Like, we talked about it. We've come to the conclusion that it could probably work. But there was no like, hey, I'm going to go out on a date. It was sort of like a spontaneous mm. occurrence that happened. And, and then you knew that you could deal with whatever will call them the consequences or the fallout, yeah. whether it was we keep doing this or we we don't do this, like mm. wherever it goes, you were you were confident in your ability to navigate that. And I, I think yeah. it's a... But I think it speaks to our relationship. We were very, very, we are still very, very good friends. So no matter what we had, even when we were having that discussion about me kissing someone else and possibly going out on dates, it was we are still very good friends. The main thing in our marriage was actually our friendship. At the end, it was we had a companionship. It wasn't about being sexual partners as such towards the end. So it was like he had, and I have bless him, he has total compersion for everything I've ever been through. You know, we had a, a bit of a, a tiny breakup ourselves. And my ex husband's the one who picked me up off the floor and, and put me to bed and bought me chocolate and, you know, made everything okay for those two weeks, you know. So he was, he still is still a very good friend of mine and very empathic over the whole thing. Um, he's a very yeah. lovely man. He's a lovely man. He's a lovely, <laughs> he's man. a lovely man, just not the man for me. <laughs> right, right. Listen. Well, and I love that you two have figured out how to have that friendship and how to have that still mm. be in each other's lives. So it sounds like you're both very important to each other, but the relationship itself just didn't, didn't work out. So yeah, exactly. that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you can't t- still have a friendship and exactly. And, I mean, and we a relationship got, of a different kind. Well, I wouldn't say dates, but we do go out on dates. Well, we go out to gigs and stuff together, and, and we talk quite often. And you know. And, 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 yeah, and he's still part of my family. Um, and he's still, and I was just telling someone last week, it's like if I had anything happen and I needed some support or help, I, he would be one of the first people I would go to outside you, yeah. of course. You know, I would always send him for help, but the same goes for him, you know. Right. We, yeah, it's amazing. For about 18 years before we broke up. So yeah. it's a long time. Yeah, you yeah. don't you don't just erase that history. Right. Like exactly. it, doesn't, exactly. it doesn't just evaporate one day. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's amazing. And, th- and thank you for sharing that. And, and so then you, you met Paul and, uh-huh. but you said you still had some other kind of partners yeah, I... and then you guys, you were like, well, let's, let's do the monogamy for a little while to build the foundation. And how did, how did that all work? Um, yeah, well, so that was weird, wasn't it? Cause that we, was a bit weird. We, even when we got together, because obviously I knew that she, that Michaela was in an open relationship and that she was seeing other people, and that was that was absolutely fine by me. Right, right. And we kind of then we became a little bit more serious, didn't mm. we? And those other relationships kind of passed away, didn't they? Like, yeah, they moved I think on. sometimes relationships like that they do come to a natural end, mm. and a, a lot of them usually when they kind of drop off the radar, you kind of pick up others and I wasn't bothering <laughs> because I was kind of so focused on you at the time. Mm. I didn't feel like I need to kind of fill my Sunday evenings because I had a standing Sunday date, for example. Um, so yeah, it came, they, as, as they came to a natural conclusion, I didn't kind of back them up again. But so. it wasn't through, you know, we made a conscious choice to no. be monogamous or exclusive or anything like that. You know, even when we talked about exclusivity right at the beginning, we said, well, Look, if you're seeing someone else, just let us know. Like, let's have that conversation. Just be open about it. Mm. But it was not a problem. It was never a blocker. It just naturally didn't happen. Mm. And I think, but but it, because you were in an open relationship when we started, it was always part of the conversation space. 
So every time we talked about things, it was like, well, you know, you know, like when, when you first start a relationship and you, you do those sort of sexual compatibility things and, uh, you know, we did all those and yeah, we didn't say no to anything. And no, so it was, <laughs> yeah, it there was no out, to nothing. which was quite nice. And it was like, we were just bang on. It was, but the group stuff always came up in that conversation. We were always open to it, but it was always, it was a bit of a, not now not because yet. we haven't built that level of relationship and trust between each other to do that. And I think, in hindsight, at that time, I probably would have wanted to do that more than we did. Mm-hmm. And it was always you putting the brake on it. I was definitely the gas at that point. Mm-hmm. But actually, looking back on it now, that would have been absolutely the wrong thing for us to do as a, as a group. And having been through so many experiences now and get to where we are now, there's no way we were in a relationship place to do that no. at that point. So I think that was the right break to mm-hmm. apply. But, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I get a little bit enthusiastic about things. It's yes. probably my one <laughs> my one flaw is I get a little, oh, yeah. new and shiny, let's yeah, go. Yeah, Paul's very much, fuck yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, yeah, just kind of think about it a little bit. There's <laughs> um, definitely another one of that. Yeah. It? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, right at the beginning, like, one of the f- first things we talked about was, like, having um, threesomes or whatever. I'm like, I'm not ready to show you just yet. Can we just, like, get ourselves together first and see where we are? Because... I think doing it off on the off, it, it could have been. I think it would have been the end of us. It would have been. It's a, a flash in a pan kind of attitude. It would have been really good. It would have. It would have been good. But it would have been, quite would have been a flash in a pan. Yeah, it would have yeah. been brief. It would have been a, like, a very yeah. bright burning candle. Yeah, right? exactly. And it would have been a distraction to whatever set us up. <laughs> what, yeah. what, makes you, what makes you say that? Just out of curiosity. I think just the love of enthusiasm. Yeah. We would have done that, but we didn't have that closeness. We were still kind of we were still working out what our relationship was for us, yeah. Rather than just being sexual partners, you know, yeah. really horny sexual partners, but sexual partners nevertheless. And, and I don't think we'd built that level of um, intimacy yeah. between us, right? So, so we have, so, have a, an open, long-lasting. Yeah, I think we. I think I think particularly with my enthusiasm, I think it probably new and shiny. We'd eventually yeah. stepped on each other's toes or upset each other in some in some mm. big way, and that would have caused a fight. And we wouldn't we didn't have the conversation to to sort of sit and understand why we needed to sort that out and it would have probably exploded. Yeah. I think some of the things that we've actually come across in the last few months, for example, had we had the same issues happened at the beginning of our relationship, we wouldn't even bother to talk about it. For me, that would have been the end of it. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be bothered to like even discuss it. I would just like, I'm very black and white sometimes and I would be like, yeah, not worth talking. That's yeah, it. Bye-bye. Maybe we just another like, level of investment in each exactly. other at that point. And, and at that stage, we were so invested in the whole NRE thing. I mean, we still have NRE three years on. Mm-hmm. The NRE lasted a long time. <laughs> so, um, yeah. 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 What listeners cannot see is how like amazing you two are like together and watching the like interactions and the facial expressions and some people would say adorable. Yeah. I like that. We're actually holding hands as well. Yeah. (laughs) That's one of the things that we always do. Whenever we're talking about something difficult, no matter what it is, we always hold hands. Yeah, so uh, the, which the harder the conversation, the, the holder. The, the stronger you hold it, sometimes yeah. our hands are a bit red, but yeah. it, but it does. But it actually works for us because it also means you can you have to be physically close to each other. Mm, yeah. So there's no shouting across the room. You can't do that if you're holding hands. So you have to sit and you have to look at each other and you have to look yeah. at each other in the eye. It's actually a really yeah, it works really well. The eye that works. I like that. I, I would also just offer the the. I don't know, advice, or we've, we've heard as well that sitting side by side when you're talking about difficult things 
it, it really signifies that you're on the same side rather than sitting yeah. across from each other. That's so. a really good shout. We, yeah. we often talk walking, actually. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we'll get outside the house, so you, you lose all the trappings of the place you're in and all of that mm. complexity. is like, I've done the washing or what, you know, all of that goes away. You go outside yeah. and, you know, being you're outside walking, is nice, talk talk. but you're walking hand in hand, side by side. Yeah. So side by side, I think it's quite interesting because even now, when we go out for dinner, we all sit side by side, which makes it very awkward for a lot of restaurants because it means they're having a four-person table. <laughs> um, but it's just like, we enjoy that closeness and I think having that physical closeness when you're having a different conversation is super important. It is. Yeah. 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 It is. Uh, Paul, I want to circle back real quick and ask you, did you have any experience in non-monogamy at all before meeting Michaela? None none whatsoever. I was in a very long-term relationship prior to this one. So that was 25, 26 years. Um, I had two children with my ex-partner and and that that didn't work out for us. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So like you didn't even have any like, inkling about non-monogamy like it just wasn't i'd, I'd read about it and i was aware of it and suddenly in hindsight uh and we'll probably talk about this a bit later on but sort of the, I, I had a sort of a desire to be more polyamorous than it was than it was necessarily in uh, an ethical non-monogamy thing but my my ex-partner was absolutely completely dead against it and that was fine right i'd always put that to one side but then once i came out of that relationship and it wasn't the reason the relationship broke up at all then you know i found someone wonderful to to start to explore that with over the over the remaining mm-hmm. you know the time since then so yeah that's been that's and that's been really nice but I, it wasn't something i was you know desperate and hankering for but it was it was a nice thing that came along at the same time mm-hmm. yeah it's something you were interested in at least learning more about and trying to explore for a little bit absolutely yeah and i think most people always even if they're not non-monogamous there was always a little conversation between couples about like should we have a threesome should we do this or whatever and for some people it's like absolutely no no and you know yeah and i guess maybe it's different for me as well because i'm not because i'm not heterosexual and uh you know so that's and i've and it's not a thing i'm not like gonna go uh <clears throat> i'm not heterosexual so it, and it's not something i've been suppressing it's just something that didn't need to be explored but having come out of that relationship it's like well i can feel like i can just sort of we can explore that as well and actually that works quite well with the the ethical non-monogamy, right? So, and, and I guess maybe that's a little bit unusual. I think the sort of swinger thing is that it's always the women that are bisexual mm. and not the men. So we flip that on its head, which is, has its own challenge. But, uh, <laughs> but hey, I like it. So it's good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. I like it too, surprisingly. Yeah, who do you? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> well, and, and I was just curious, Paul, did your previous partner know this about you? And it was just sort of like they knew, but you it was just never going to be something you explored and that was sort of the agreement you were in in that relationship uh certainly she didn't know that i wanted to do the uh, non-monogamy thing I did, it just didn't really come up as a conversation what about point. Bisexual, well, i was bisexual before i met her but it wasn't a conversation point that we really talked about a lot to be fair okay it was just yeah. it was just no, this is the relationship i'm in and i'm fine with that and I, and at no point really through that through that time did i ever sort of really go oh god this is really frustrating or limiting to me it wasn't like that at all our it wasn't relationship that it was, was lacking it was just it was it was solid it, it yeah. failed for for different reasons than than sexual ones actually mm-hmm. yeah so. that makes sense and uh, now that you're in the relationship you are in now it gives you that opportunity to go down that path a little more and explore that absolutely yes mm-hmm. and that's something we've 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 grasped with both hands yeah um but i think it's important like 
I mean, personally, I've, I've tried women. I'm sorry, women love you, love women dearly, but it just does nothing for me, <laughs> um, which is fine. And it's usually like, oh no, I first found my attraction for women, and that's how we have our relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that's not the case for me at all. Um, and I'm more than happy for Paul to explore whatever he wants to explore. You know, mm-hmm. it's his chance to do it. <laughs> so yeah. we might hold him back. Yeah, and I think I want to definitely come back to this, right? Because there is a lot of stereotypes. And it's not even really a stereotype, just it is very mm-hmm. prominent in swinging where the women are, in, in a way, expected to be bisexual and the mm-hmm. men are not or are expected yeah. to be straight. And so I want to definitely come back to that. But maybe it would be useful to understand like what your dynamic looks like today. Like, Is it a mix of poly and swinging? Is it some amorphous thing that you've developed of your own that like what does it look like for you what is your non-monogamy labels are so tricky right exactly i know right it's it's a swinging kind of poly type of thing it is whatever you want it to be at that moment to be honest we and we do kind of tend to pick things up and then drop them for a little while and you're like you know you get tired of the sex admin um it was joke about the sex admin but it's actually quite tiring um Mm -hmm. so um i mean for our very first proper experience together we had a a threesome with a man and but we I sound curious by no, I'm sorry, I'm trying to remember that's what it was <laughs> <laughs> um but we have actually also been a woman um mm-hmm. and we are still looking for the ideal couple um we've met a lot of couples uh, we've met a lot of couples and there's only been very few that have actually gone like we'd like to explore more with you guys because we do feel like ideally we want people that we could be friends with and I think that's what everyone's looking for. But the it, problem but is when you go out looking not. for them, they're just like notches on bedposts. And that's, that's the problem. I think in the swinging community, at least in our experience, mm. and I'm not generalizing in any way, right, but there's a lot of people who just want to have sex and that's it. And for us, that doesn't really hold that much attraction. Because yeah, I can have sex anytime. <laughs> yeah, we, we can do that, right? So, uh, But, it, but it, that doesn't hold that much attraction. So it's like, well, we want people that we can be friends with and make a connection to before we'll have sex with them. And that that makes it it makes the swinging community almost a little bit hostile to that because a lot of people just want to get you know numbers up or they want to meet at a club and have sex and then they never talk to you ever again and that really doesn't work for us Mm. so we're really positive about meeting people socially and make sure that we unlike them before we'll take our clothes off with them and that that that, so that so when you sort of say which label is it it's like it's difficult because we don't kind of fit into the box at least the people we've met anyway in the swinging community but we're not quite fully poly either, no. although we're more like that. So it's a bit, I don't know. Let's, we, let's call it the Michaela and Paul plan. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's just the idea. We just kind of welcome the idea of having other amazing people in our relationship or surrounding our relationship, whether they're men, women, couples. We really don't care. We just want nice people around us. That's all, you know, and if we want I, to be part of other people's nice bubbles. If and, we can't have a drink with them yeah. and enjoy their oh my company, God, yes. then yeah. what, what are we doing? Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that sounds very ideal. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, that's the issue, isn't it? it? Everyone's looking for the ideal and no one gets it. <laughs> so we're possibly right? looking for unicorns that don't exist. But we have been a couple recently that seem like the ideal couple. They really do. They really do. Yeah. Um, but even then, I'm like, well, but there's still people. So we all come with flaws. We all come with our own little packages and just like, being accepting of that. Um, yeah. And it's difficult, right? You know, people people in the swing community talk a lot about how it's difficult to find that four way connection, mm. and that is difficult. And it's all you always like who who's going to have to make a little bit of compromise. I don't want to have to take one for the team, and neither should you. We, we will never, <laughs> we, and that's the problem. We will never do that. Yeah. So it's like, well, I can see you really, really like Errol. You really like him. 
but I'm just not fuck yeah. <laughs> and if it's it's fuck yeah or no, right? We're we're so binary about that, and it's quite it just makes our life mm. quite, well not Make, our life. It makes it makes finding the right sorts of people difficult. Mm. Having said that, when we find them. It's going to be. Oh, I feel sorry for them. Insane. Yeah, it's going to be full on, and 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 it's going to be amazing. So, yeah. And well, hopefully. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Well, and one thing with that, right, is if if the if the relationship in so to speak is built on a friendship, right? Sometimes that imbalance is okay, right? If one of you is maybe more in, if if one of the the pairs is more into each other than the other if the friendship is solid then maybe maybe that's okay right and it can be a little imbalanced but that still takes a lot of security to get there Mm. because that can be really intimidating um if two of you are hanging out watching a movie and two of you are upstairs in the bedroom like going at it like bunnies right that's a that's fine (laughs) it can be a difficult thing right but yeah i mean maybe it's totally works with that four-person dynamic so mm. yeah it's exciting. I, I don't think we're limited just to finding other couples like we yeah. spend most of our energy trying to find couples but not not exclusively so if like we could find well, <laughs> but if we could find you know we, we like the idea well we both enjoy playing with men yes yeah. yeah, so actually a third man would be would yeah. be amazing but uh, yeah. you know yeah. the single men are tough to navigate yeah for yes. sure emma you were going to ask a question and then you thought i was going to interrupt you and then i interrupted you but you invited me. You, in, you invited the interruption i did i did um what i was going to ask was you know you said you were in your relationship you were monogamous for a little while and then how when you started opening it up how did that look at the beginning like where what steps did you take and how did that feel to start going on that path jesus do you know i don't, I, I I don't even bloody remember i do Christ. um so um pre-covid it's pre-c like everyone else we do a lot of traveling so we were going away for weekends like every six weeks thereabouts mm-hmm. and we had a weekend to liverpool of all places um and um had a fantastic time that weekend such a good, such a good weekend if you ever get a chance go look yeah. um but i remember on the way home we were talking about you know fantasies because we spend an awful lot of time in the car um and it's actually good talking time when you're in the car and we were talking about fantasies and i was talking about how you know ideally what i'd really like is to have like it's kind of role play thing where you have a dominatrix come in and you know she would show us she would show me a naive young thing <laughs> how to be a dominatrix and then pull be our subject Terrible. So um, as soon as we got home, we booked someone. Um, so I made a point of finding someone <laughs> soon after, and uh, we booked a, a sex dungeon in, we did. <laughs> in um, a really weird little place. Um, and that was kind of like our first little soft intro into uh, bringing someone else in, but in a safe way, because it wasn't someone you're going to have a relationship with. It's someone you basically is, is there to do a job, <laughs> as it were. And, and that's all we wanted for that time. And it, But it was a good way of just seeing how would I feel about Paul being with someone or someone touching Paul or, you know, and just going from that point. Yeah. Um, as a sense out, she wasn't a very good dominatrix at all. And we sent him on the way home quite soon after. <laughs> but um, but it did make me feel like I was super comfortable with him being with someone. I was really worried to begin with because we were so into each other that I would feel a bit uncomfortable um, about her being with you in any way, shape or form. And it wasn't an issue. And then... Do you think that was compersion? Yeah, because you were having such a good time. It was lovely. <laughs> he was having such a good time. Oh, really. He was having a good time, but I, I kind of wasn't because she was boring me. Well, we had a good time. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to hire yeah. a dom, don't have a turn around to me and say, what should we do now, Michaela? And I'm like, 
That's why you're here. It's <laughs> literally the worst <laughs> question to ask exactly. when you're supposed to be in charge. I'm supposed not to know anything. Um, but soon after that, we actually got invited to a – no, we went to, onto a site – so I know how I remember how we got to the site. Okay. So in the UK, there's one site which is the predominant one, which um, which everyone goes to. We were in a car going into London. Yes. And we listened to a radio. We listened to the news on the radio, and they talked about a swinging festival, camping festival, which had <laughs> happened, and it was all very like ha ha ha. Look at all these people who were going to shag in fields, right? <laughs> and but they mentioned the site name. And we're like, let's look that up. And we went, should we do that? And we kind of looked at each other and kind of went, yeah. fuck yeah. <laughs> so we did it in the car. I did it from my phone, as I remember. And then we found people that looked exactly like your friends, which was really funny. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and it wasn't them. It was, that, was, that was a bonus. But it was, but, and that was kind of, and yeah. then once you've got a profile, then, and you've had that conversation about doing things, and it sort of naturally mm. sort of flows in there because you're sort of curious and enthusiastic and uh, you're kind of looking and seeing what people are around and, and, you know, oh, well, we need to get verified to try and, yeah. you know, make it seem more legit and what po- photos should we do? And it kind of takes on a life. a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it just kind of took on a life of its own. But it was always just kind of, yeah, just it there, was kind wasn't of it? organic in a way. It was kind of like, well, we so we talk about something and we kind of, and we do kind of tend to talk things about and tend to do them straight away if we feel like we're inclined that way. And it, it went from signing up to the site to then meeting a few people. And then we, we got invited to our sex party, <clears throat> our very first sex party, mm. which was in a, a private house for about, about 12 couples. No, about. it was, it was more, more 20 maybe. Yeah. It was, it was very strange. And the whole idea was like, We've also had to say when we go to um, when we go out, whether we're going out to actually meet other people, or we're going out to a club, or we're going out on whatever to a party. Was that we're going out on a date together, but we just have to be going to a place where there's other people around who, if you wanted to, you could have that kind of interaction with, you know, without it being frowned upon or being thrown out of a pub because you're making eyes at a barmaid, you know, because they're kind of expected. Um, so um, yeah, we went from having the Dom thing to that was sometime in July to going to this party like the month after. And we chatted to people all the way through and we met a few people um, for socials, for drinks that we kind of became friends with a little bit. Mm, yeah, um, that sex party was a bit of an eye opener because it was a bit like going to a PTA meeting, which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> um, for some reason, everyone has this idea that, you know, or everyone who's into, um, open relationships and so on will be all very be in their mid twenties and yeah. super hot and, and, yeah. and blonde and, and it was know, like going Adonis's. to a, a women's institute selling jam almost. It was, <laughs> but that was a really good introduction. Actually. Yeah, but it was, because it, it was we, realistic if nothing else. <laughs> I, we learned something really important there, which is that it doesn't fit one socioeconomic group at all. It cuts absolutely across every single type of yeah. person you'll meet. Judges, every age, every kind of, yeah. Judges and painters and builders and drivers and, you know, every sort of person in between. And I think that's, I think that's really, mm. that's one of the really nice things about it, actually, is that, you know, sex is fundamental and it doesn't matter what type of person you are or what, what ethnic what you background you have, you still, you still yeah. have a fundamental need for, you know, desire and want and, mm. uh, you know, and validation, I guess, maybe. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and once and once everyone's clothes come off, socioeconomic status kind of goes out the window. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there's not very much to yeah. tell the difference. Um, but it, it was really, interesting because um, I, I very much made a point of like I'm going to this party, but I'm I'm not going with the intention of doing anything. I wanted to just kind of get the feel of people and see if there are people even. Um, I might be a little bit picky, but I'm very picky about who I even kiss. So you know, 
No, we went deliberately with the intent not to do anything. Not to do anything. To the point that I actually wore something that I couldn't even unzip myself out of. That's true. true. (laughs) Although that, you know, that might have just been a challenge. It was a challenge. Um, (laughs) But we did. But we made the conscious choice to do that. You know, it was a deliberate choice that we knew we wanted to do this, but we didn't want to rush headfirst into it. And actually, that for me, that was really important as Mister Enthusiasm. Go, let's go, a kid in a sweet shop. No. We know we made a really mm. conscious choice to go, well, they're going to take real slow steps into this so that we don't mm. break us. Because actually this is, we refer to it as flexing the ruler. So you imagine a sort of plastic ruler that's so mm. far you can bend it and it will shatter. But if you can bend it a bit, then you learn something about yourself. You learn something about your relationship and each other. And that's fine because it will go back to where it was before. But if you bend it too far, too fast, it'll break and, yeah. and it will start to really cause fractures, which we'll never repair. So it's, it was really conscious and decision yeah. on our part to make sure that we didn't do that. So that's why it was a slow burn it's sort of at mm. the beginning. Yeah. That's it, really. But it was an interesting <laughs> part anyway. I, I know some of the people there got very upset with me specifically because I wasn't, I wasn't getting involved. And that's fine. You can be upset with me as much as you want. You don't, I don't owe you anything and you don't owe me. So, um, Having said that, we were invited again, and that's when they got really upset. Um, yeah, not again. After not, yeah, but it was interesting. In fact, we actually met a couple there at our first party that we're still friends with that we kind of tried to soft swap with. And it, it gets to the point where you become too friendly with someone, you end up friend zoning them almost. It's like, I know you too well to actually want to be, have your bits near my bits. <laughs> you know, it's not going to happen. Um, which yeah. is a dichotomy for us. Yeah. Because we want to be friends with people. Which, right. is, which is ironic. And, we yeah. want to, and then we want to sleep with them. But we don't want to be too friendly with them because then <laughs> you, we don't want to sleep with them. We don't want to ruin the allure of it all, you know. It's a, it's a knife edge. It's, a it's knife almost edge. like you, you you need to sleep with them sooner and then yes, continue. Exactly. With <laughs> yeah, get the sex out of the way and then we'll talk about, you know, pensions. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Please never. But it's interesting because that couple that we're we're sort of semi-dating and we met just recently and we've really liked them, but the, the we, we want to get to meeting people quite quickly from online chat and it took quite a long time with them we've had a lot of online chat and we were really worried going into that meet mm. with them yeah it was just a social right just the same as always but we we were really worried that we'd like them we liked them too much because we'd shared so much with them and we'd had such a great set of banter over the last four weeks or so mm. and suddenly it was like but we might just not you know they might just be our friends now like, oh yeah. luckily they're not just our friends no, so that's no. all right um but, but it is a fine line because i, I it's a bit like when I was dating pre-Paul, it was like, you want to go from the quick flirty chat to, am I going to invest too much time on you and then meet you face to face? And it was a waste of the last two weeks, you know, messaging backwards and forwards. Um, and always, I, I'm not keen on that kind of emotional investment in that way. It's like, it's either there or it's not. Um, you just want to get down. To <laughs> it's <not just> <laughs> get down. Whereas Paul's like, yeah, let's just chat all the time. I'm like, no, no. Can we just like meet? And then, we could just move on because you know straight away if you meet someone, if you like them or you don't like them. And we've had too often had cases where we've been talking to people, we meet them, we go like, oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> like, you know, you do a good chat on, on messaging or WhatsApp or whatever, but when it comes face-to-face, you can't handle it because you can't. And, and that's important to me. And we're quite intimidating. <laughs> we're not intimidating. <laughs> no, we're, we're, but we're always really aware when we meet single people, yeah. particularly single guys. We're a unit. We'll always be a unit. And then they're coming into that unit. So it's a difficult, it's quite, it's, it's yeah, quite, kind of it like is intimidating. Focus on you can be quite, it is intimidating. Yeah. For them. And we've had a few sort of, not issues with that, but like, it's just something to be really aware of. And we, and we sort of overcompensate. It's like, well, are you okay? Are you okay? Is this all right with you? You know, cause we're going to be fine. 
Like, are you all right? And that, that's an important. Mm. It's, it, that, that can be quite tough, actually. So, especially yeah, when you're like two very keen puppies. <laughs> yeah, it's super important that you say that, right? Because you know, a lot of the time you hear about couples in the unicorn hunting, right, looking for another woman. And but it's it's no different if it's another guy or another person of any gender, right? That like they're a person, and and you do have some couple privilege right like you two, exactly you two wield a certain amount of power as the two of you versus them coming into that so being extra mindful of that is is really great and so i appreciate you because we, we always check in with each other which is fine but they have no one to check in with right so it's like there's no one there to make sure that they're okay you know yeah. if I, I can i know if paul's not okay with something and he knows the same thing for me but this third person they'll have no one there as a backup so you have to be super mindful of it um and I think sometimes we can be a bit too mindful, um, and then yeah, we can we can overfocus on them. overfocus I on think, them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm very aware of it because I have a friend who a single woman who does actually go out and meet couples and so on, and she sometimes she feels like an extra part, you know, like someone you can just pick up and drop her off, and she's like, I'm still me, I'm just, you know, who's going for me? Who's doing my aftercare? You know, right, yeah. right, yeah. There's a piece of consent there too, uh, through all of that, but also just this, it's more than that. I feel like it's the it's consent or it's consent, but it's also uh, caring for that person in mm. a way that's showing that like, no, are you okay? What does the aftercare look like? Like it's a a group yeah. support system rather than like us two and you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, and that's something here. that's really important to us actually mm. is that empathy empathy with the people that we're connecting with and i guess maybe that comes back to the whole you know we like to like people as well as have sex with them uh, you know one of our best experiences i, I think i can talk about this one is one of those parties actually and it was someone who'd had a really intense experience through the evening and at the end we ended up just hugging her for like half and an we hour we weren't even involved in a sex bed we weren't involved in any way <laughs> shape or form but she was she was quite emotional and it was like well, we're just going to hug you and just look after you and stroke your hair for like half an hour. And we didn't really know. Yeah, because the person who she was with just got up and left. And it was like, whoa, that's not... That's not, how, that's not how it should work. But that was such a cool. That was such a cool moment to actually be able to do that with someone and just and it, it made us realise how important yeah. that was having that empathy with those people. So it's been quite an interesting journey. And, and it is quite weird because especially if you have, you, you, I've come across a lot of people who are quite introverts. Really, and this person in particular was a bit of an introvert. Um, and to then be in a situation where you have all these extroverts, you know, flexing their bits and you know, trying to get off of each other, and then you have an introvert who's being the focus of it all, and then they don't they don't have the language of the cabbage to say. I need some care here. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. It can be quite hard. And I feel that too, because whenever we've had, um, we've been other people, I, at the end of it, I'm so exhausted. I don't want to talk. I just want to sleep. I'm done. And Paul likes, oh, I want to chat about it. I'm like, no, just give me a nap. <laughs> so it's having to balance that out a little bit. You know, you, you get a lot of, oh, go on, go on. Oh. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, he wants to kind of stay up and chat about it. I'm like, I'm, I'm worn out. It's, it's emotionally exhausting and fit, as well as being physically exhausting, it's emotionally exhausting um, to be in a kind of situation like that. So, yeah. I almost want to relive it almost immediately. And I'm like, so what was the best bit? What was like, that? I, I like don't this. remember. It was the fugue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I love it. Yeah. yeah. How, how have you two 
Oh, first of all, really quick before I ask that question, just for anybody in the UK who's listening that's maybe just getting started, the website is Fab Swingers, correct? That's the yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which looks okay. like something that a sixth form put together sometime in the nineties. It's such. A yep. I really <laughs> hope it wasn't put together by a sixth former because that makes me feel slightly icky. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's like eighteen now. It's fine. Um, <laughs> no, no, yeah. That's not fine. Um, <laughs> that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> but we've um, been on other sites too, and we we kind of feel there's a lot of sites that it's just i mean with fab it's it's definitely a case of it it feels a little bit icky at times and especially the kind of messages you get i mean i've seen enough cocks to last a lifetime i'm sick and tired of them <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and i have a massive issue with profiles in, in the way they're set out um there's there are people that i won't even talk to depending what's on their profile if you have a picture of you having sex with someone else i have no idea if that person's consented to be part of your profile that's got nothing to do with you as a person and a lot of the time I do leave the sex admin, as I call it, to Paul. So, you, you know, if it gets interesting enough, then bring me into the conversation. If it doesn't, then, you know. Nothing, uh, you never knew. <laughs> I, never, I never knew. Because, um, yeah, it, it gets a bit like, But I have to say, a lot of the time, I haven't actually been proactive in the looking for people. I've kind of been sitting back and waiting for people to come to us mm. a little bit. Um, apart from when we actually meet people socially, because when we meet clubs, I'm quite open to going up and talking to people first mm. i think i need that kind of personal contact it's interesting you say that you know you're not proactive on on the websites but uh, you don't know we we might be proactive <laughs> yeah okay, you might be proactive that's fine. i'm being terribly proactive yeah. you have no idea what's you going are doing, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so it, it gets a little bit tiring and we do find that we we get through go through phases of being like oh we're going to meet loads of people and we go out on loads of dates with people and maybe we have a couple of experiences and then we're like oh this is so much like hard work and real life takes over so we have a break for about two or three months and then we go like oh maybe someone interesting popped up we're supposed to be that person now yeah. um but it, it waxes and wanes a lot you know it's hard if we being a constant and i said i wouldn't i wouldn't talk about this but i hate the term lifestyle uh, we both do it's like yeah it, it's it's for us it's not a lifestyle it's a bit more like it's an addition to our life it's an add-on it's a value-added service <laughs> you know um it's not it doesn't define it us. doesn't define us and a lot of people we meet it's like oh we've been we're swingers and you know we're, and i'm like is that the first thing you tell anyone you know there's more to you than that there's more and even the term swingers is a bit labels labels yeah yeah like i'm just like you know relationships are hard sex is very easy and anyone can have sex with anyone it's not a problem it's about having that kind of relationship that you're close enough to someone outside of your own primary relationship that you can go and have sex with and and have a good time with and and like and like and and go out on a date with and you know yeah I can, but I can see I can see a sort of end game scenario, which is where we drop that entirely. Mm-hmm. You know, if we could find a small cadre of people, uh, just the site, I mean, specifically. Um, yeah, like drop if off we the could site. Find a small cadre of people that we enjoy spending time with. I, there would be no value in going back to Fab but, and, yeah. and using it. For I think anything, sometimes right? you need to, every club needs new members. <laughs> As people leave and new ones come in, sure. But, yeah. but you know, this, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. But in addition to that, um, Paul recently has tried solo dating as well. Uh, and that's been a bit of an eye opener. Um, in that I wasn't jealous in the way I thought I might be. Because it's very different when we're, when we're kind of dating couples or speaking to couples, it's like we're both flirting and we enjoyed our whole, you know, 
dynamic of being opposite another couple and, and doing the old bit of eye fucking or a bit of you know a bit of chit chatting about the set and the other and you know making innuendos and whatever and and being in a situation we were where, where you were doing your solo flirting and I'm like oh please don't say anything stupid <laughs> um, um, yeah that's been interesting yeah I want to talk about your solo dating you can do <laughs> yes, I was just going to say the, the floor is yours. The floor is yours. Well, that's, so that's 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 been quite a new thing actually, just recently. Because so I obviously had this very long relationship, and that started when I was back in university. Uh, and so there was never, I never had that crazy six months to a year of sleeping with everyone that moved. Right, that everyone's got in their past or history somewhere. And then and then I kind of left that, and almost immediately ended up in this relationship. So I kind of missed that opportunity again. So we had a bit of a chat about it. It's like it's not it's not necessarily something that I feel bad about, but I kind of sort of disappointed I didn't get that opportunity mm-hmm. to do it. I don't, I don't I don't I'm not disappointed about our relationship in any no, way, no, shape, no, or form. I, but I it's it. like we're actually in a position where now where we're strong enough that actually we felt that maybe mm-hmm. that would be something we could try. It's something I'm very much aware of. I mean, I've had my fun times, you know. I've had my <laughs> inappropriate um, scenarios with when you're young and stupid and you just you know sleep with one person in the morning one in the evening and then you have silly stories to tell afterwards so I had that but and I was like I wish you had that to kind of fall back on because in a way you kind of want to have those experiences like once upon a time I too did something inappropriate and, and then I you know <laughs> um, yeah so Paul going out solo dating is like yeah go for it you know have a bit of fun but interestingly it wasn't it almost didn't turn into that so no. I kind of I started that sort of maybe thinking, well, you know, maybe I'll just find some people to have casual sex with. And very quickly realized that absolutely wasn't the thing I wanted to do at all. Because I can't, I just, I just not interesting. Right? It's kind of easy to do, but it's actually kind of not very interesting for me at all. It's like I wanted to get to know someone and actually have a relationship with someone. So actually I kind of started thinking, well, it's more about finding a girlfriend, which seems mm-hmm. a bit weird. And then, and then, yeah, I found someone really quite incredible actually. And, and I've had quite an intense thing with her over a sort of short period um which has thrown up some things for us to deal with so that's unfortunately had to come to an end and, and i'm very hopeful that i can keep that you know that relationship as a friendship um but it, you know it's thrown up some things for us in terms of trust and make sure that we prioritize each other even when you know you're out and enthusiastic about something else that's going on so mm. i don't want to bring it down but it's been no it's, you it's know, fine. bending but, that ruler again yeah but the, the things were actually when you think about it in the grand scheme of things you'd think they were quite small things and easily avoided and it's something as simple as like i have no, i had no issue with paul being out on a date i was quite excited for him i was like what are you gonna wear make sure you buy some aftershave you know I'm very excited for him for that but it was it became a case of like well you didn't you, we talked about beforehand like a second date and the first one he checked in and that's all i wanted was just a message say like my kidneys are still in me i'm fine and i'm sorry i'm not being chopped up you know i'm all good and then the second date he didn't and that really threw me and it's like, I don't care what you're doing. You could be going down on her like all evening. I don't care. But find five minutes to send me a message to let me know you're alive. You know? And that was the issue. It wasn't what he was doing and who he was doing it with. It was like, what, you can't keep that little promise of just messaging me? Mm. Um, you know? And then third day, I was half an hour late. Yeah. And that was enough. So. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and then the third day, it's like, well, brother, you were home by a certain hour and you told me what time home you'd be out you'd be home by and then the time came and i'm like messaging like i don't want to be that person but you know (laughs) you said at this time and you're not here at this time and that pisses me off it wasn't i'm I'm glad you had a lovely time but that really pissed me off because it's kind of it's that little bit of trust and it's the smallest of actions so you could have done and if you can't do the smallest of actions then what happens next you know 
Yeah, but we know we worked yeah. it out. We were good. Um, and I do hope they keep their friendship, and I, I kind of hope they kind of work things out because she seems like a lovely person. She's really so. Cool. <laughs> She's really cool. If you're listening, you're really cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think and I think those are some of the like growing pains along the way that yeah. you you're like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's a half hour. And like, it's probably not a big deal if you're out with your buddies having a beer, but like, it's a different situation. Right. And so well, especially cause it's new, it's new. Too. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a whole litany of reasons. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I agree. And I think, I think those missteps are actually kind of important in a way, because mm-hmm. actually it makes you just, if, if everything was easy and you just followed the happy path, you'd never really understand mm-hmm. what, what was important out of those things. So we we were just mismatched. Like that half an hour didn't seem like that's a such a big deal, but it was a really big deal to you. And it's like, okay, I get that, and mm-hmm. and we, we can try to work through. Well, that sounds awful, doesn't it? <laughs> we can work through, talk and work through it. But no, we can work out why that was such a big deal, mm-hmm. and and make sure that we're reprioritizing things in our own heads to make sure that we're focusing on things that are yeah. important to the other person and not losing sight of that when you're you know excited puppy dog. Uh, you know, doing doing an yeah. enthusiastic thing. And the thing is, you, you kind of always think like, well, we've talked about it. We've talked about every possible situation, what could possibly happen, and we're not going to fall for this one little thing. And it's always a little thing that trips you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's like, it could happen to anyone else, but it won't happen to us. Well, it can happen to anyone. So it turns out rules get broken. Yeah. Inadvertently or, or not. Exactly. Right? And, and I'm cool. And having spoken about it since, I'm cool with it. I have no, I'm fine. I get it. I get what happened. Paul's had a harder time kind of forgiving himself over it. And I'm like, it's fine. I'm not going to keep going on about it. And he's still self-flagellating. I'm like, but I did wrong. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, shit happens. He's just get over it. He's like, yeah, but I did something awful. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> it's, like, it's almost like he wants me to be angry with him, and I'm not going to be angry with him. Because no, you're I might fuck up next time. Yeah, well, so. <laughs> right? Well, we're all human. And the good news is now it's recorded, and it will be saved here exactly. forever. So you can come back and listen to it any time. Oh, I'm, I'm never listening to my voice on record. It's awful. No. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like, you know, so the solo dating stuff, you, you're going down that path, but it sounds like you kind of dove in and you're taking a few steps back and then maybe with the opportunity for it to go that down that path again in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And you're starting to talk to people online now. So whether that will turn into anything, who knows, but it's it's, not, but it's, but it's doing the same thing, right? It's flexing that muscle for me mm. of like, well, how do I feel about you flirting with someone else in a solo way? Yeah. So that, that's bringing that to the fore. So we're, again, we're kind of, we're doing things in a con- controlled way. I try not, I try not to get too carried away with it so that we don't break, mm. break us. Cause actually our relationship is the most important thing to both of us. Right. Mm. So we want to keep that core and make sure that we're safe and happy and that we're prioritizing each other before, uh, before destroying it through. And I'm also very mindful, even like right now I have been chatting to people, but I'm very mindful of the fact that I don't want to lead anyone on if I have no intention of ever actually even going beyond that. And I am mindful of that. It's like, yeah. I wouldn't want anyone to kind of string me along a little bit. It just, it just feels wrong. Yeah, um, thankfully it turns out men out there are just complete shit. <laughs> 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 and I've had, I've been chatting to a guy for two days and the conversation's already dead, you know, and you go like, Oh, you can't even be bothered. <laughs> That's I mean, a, he's a comedian. I'm funnier than him. <laughs> You're just a comedian in training. So. A comedian in training. Yeah. That's true. Um, <laughs> how have you two seen each other grow in over, like, over your relationship, over exploring non-monogamy? Oh, that's oh, good. It's been interesting. It's got a good question. It's got a good question. I've, I've let myself actually be more open than I ever was before. Um, 
like I was able to talk about things, but not necessarily about the way I felt about things. It was very superficial. It's like, yes, in theory, all of this is lovely. It's like being, I'm the world's best parent because I read the book, you know. So I'm the world's best on organist because I read all the books. But experiencing it, it's it's been a bit of a ride uh, for me. Uh, your phone's going. Because um, I'm now actually having to not just expect, I, I know how I feel, but having to be able to convey it in a way that Paul understands that it's not a personal, if I say something, it's not personal, it's just, yeah, it's been a bit of um, a journey where that's concerned. Mm. And we talk way more now than we, I mean, we talk, we've always talked a lot. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we do talk an awful lot. Yeah. And we, we often have to go be mindful of the fact of when we're talking. Don't talk when you're tired. <laughs> then <laughs> you get very antsy that way. Um, don't and talk Michaela, when you rush. <laughs> yeah, Michaela, how, do, how have you seen Paul grow? Um, that's, <laughs> ooh, yeah. Uh, that's been, um, it's been good. I mean, Paul has always been very, very good about being emotionally honest and open. He's much quicker to blame himself, which I don't like because we all, but no one's perfect. I'm very self-forgiving and and I wish he would just be a bit more self-forgiving about when things go wrong or not quite as planned, but he's, he's, yeah, he's good. He's good. He's, yeah. I don't know how do we even put that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's okay. You like the look, yeah. Um, No, he's, He's good. He's always very open and very open to talk about the difficult stuff, you know. Do you think that's changed? Um, Yes, I do. Especially like Paul has, I'm sorry to say this, to say to your face as well too, um, has this pattern of not trying to upset people. So in not trying to upset people, he will tell them sometimes what he thinks they want to hear. Um, whether by omission, like, or just kind of trying to bend things in a slightly different way so that you don't, but it always ends up, in fact, when you find out about it, you just get more upset because, you know, if you didn't try to be so careful about my feelings, you wouldn't affect my feelings. So you've changed that when that's concerned. He's much more honest about, I know it's going to be upsetting, but I need to tell you this. That's been good. Yeah, that's true. And that's, that's always a bonus. Kind of cuts all the crap out of the uh, beating around the bush. They just tell me what it was as opposed to trying, like, I don't want to tell you this. <laughs> yeah. Instead of sugarcoating it. Yeah. So don't, yeah. Don't sugarcoat it sometimes. Just put it out there. I definitely agree with that, actually. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely feel much more able to talk about how I feel about stuff than mm-hmm. I ever did. Yeah. But I think That's- it comes down to it's like, you know, I'm not going to react in a you know, crazy, volatile way. Um, <laughs> no, and it's taken a long time to build that trust, actually, because mm. I think we both had difficulties with previous relationships where being open and honest didn't necessarily give the wrong, the good outcome. And actually now, well, it's, it's the same thing, right? So we we, we, we know we're not going to over, over-explode or freak mm. out at something that someone tells us. We might not be happy about it, but that doesn't mean that we'll we'll just immediately you know, storm out the house and throw things yeah. at you. Or, you We've know. never done that anyway. No, I know, but, but yeah. that, that's all stereotype. But it's that, it's that ability to actually have an honest yeah. and open conversation about something without too much fear of recrimination, you know. We don't yeah. have to say Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. And, and Paul, how have, you, how have you seen Michaela grow? It's a good question. That I was, I know, whilst she was talking, I was thinking what I was going to say, and I don't really know. So I'm... <laughs> I'll look away that No, no, that's... <laughs> Uh, but I think it's a similar story, actually, in that we've been able to talk about things. We've always had a thing about talking about relationships. Uh, we use Reddit a lot, and particularly on long car journeys into London and out again. It's always whoever's not driving's job to read out stories from Reddit relationship advice. 
and then we have a conversation about it. Not to not to poke fun at those people at all, because they're they're often in you know mental. It brings up interesting topics. Mental dire straits, but it puts us. We can we can talk about a situation that we haven't got to before we get to it, and because we do that all the time. Oh my god, we do it all the time. We go we drive up to London a lot, so we end up doing it quite a bit, and it's it's good to put ourselves in those situations. And I think having done that all the way through when we sort of see a scenario coming up or we end up in a scenario which we're not, you know, necessarily comfortable with, we've got reference points mm. because we know how each other think about it because we've already talked about that scenario probably multiple times. And I think that's been really useful. So then so that leads us to then being much more able to talk about stuff between us mm. and know that there's we, we have a base understanding for most things. And I kind of bring it back to the point we are making earlier about if we'd opened our relationship right at the beginning, we would have blown up because we don't have all those reference points at that point, right? We don't understand how we feel that we should react to a scenario that comes up. Mm. Uh, you know, we haven't had that conversation. It's like, well, does cheating still apply in an in a open relationship? Well, yeah, of course it does. Or how does secrecy affect that? All those sorts of things. But we have that base knowledge now. So I think in terms of growth, we've both done that, but I think you've done that more, mm. actually, and that you're, you're much more capable of talking about those things and, and having... Mm. Uh, being open about how you yeah. feel about stuff as well. My go-to before would have been if I didn't like what I was hearing or a situation I was in, I would just distance myself. It was like, self first, fuck you. Um, so now I'm much more like, okay, I will I will tell you that I am upset. You know, not be afraid to say, I am upset about this. But actually being able to even say the word sometimes is still quite difficult. Mm. It's, it's, quite, like, it's, yeah. it's much more healthy now, though. Yeah. Like, because nothing festers. Mm. and it's really easy to have those things like well i won't mention it but i'm going to be upset about it in myself yeah and, and that's going to come, come out, out i'll give you the sulking treatment <laughs> and that's going to come out because i'm not going to cook with you tonight or i'm going to go out for a really long run just at the point you need me or i'm not going to fold those pants i'm going to let you do it and 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 the, those things do come out and they're, they're the things that cause resentment in relationships and break them up mm. and actually we don't do that well i hope not no. <laughs> not obviously anyway <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but even sometimes it, it would take like we would have maybe a clash of opinions, shall we say, and we take us a good twenty four hours, forty hours to process why we were upset, and then come back to it. And by what, by which time it's lost, it's out of context, mm-hmm. and you can't really discuss it then because it's like, well, why did you say this at the time? We're like, well, I didn't know how I felt at the time. So being able to just kind of bring those feelings up front quicker has been definitely an improvement as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to circle back to the conversation we had a little while ago around the imbalance in, um, I guess, bisexuality in for males and females in the lifestyle and have you two talk a little bit about your experience in that because it's definitely something that we've encountered as well uh, and seems it, it's prevalent um, where the females are kind of expected to be bisexual and the males are not. And that's mm-hmm. just not the way humans are, right? <laughs> yeah. No. And it does feel like for women, it almost feels like a show. It's like, oh, you must take that little. And it's like, oh, look, if I'm not into you, I'm not into you. I don't care how beautiful your wife is. It doesn't mean that I want to kiss her or go down on her or anything like that. With men, we find that uh, it was, was it bisexual under the right circumstances. <laughs> the, the magic, the magic buy, the magic buy, where they yes. pop, they pop up. So, they, so because there's a bit of a stigma to it for men in particular, I think the people hide it away. Because they think that if they put that they're bisexual or bi-curious, whatever that means, uh, on their profile, that their couples will immediately reject them. And actually, if you start looking through profiles, you do see that. They do see people who just explicitly say, we will not play with bi men. And we've had people we've chatted to if saying, oh, we've just realized you're bi, sorry. You're, you're, off the, you're off the table. It's like, well, sorry, what? And you do hear, you know, there's this sort of 
mythical, aggressive, bisexual sort of story that comes out to justify those positions from those people. It's, well, well, I did it once, and the guy was so aggressive, and he grabbed my cock and he tried to suck it, and it was really overall. And it's like, well, wait, did that really happen? Or are you just using that to, to justify your own... You know your own prejudice there. I'm not, and I don't know, right? But you see, the same story comes up time and time and time again, which says to me that it's either there's a roving band of extremely aggressive bisexual men. I've met them, yeah, but maybe they're there. Maybe to introduce themselves or, to us, you know, or it's just number. it's just a convenient <laughs> MacGuffin that no one can argue against. So you go, oh, yeah. well, you had that bad experience. Oh, well, fair enough then. It must be but, all by men. Yeah, and it's like, no, that's not acceptable. So there is that. that there is that, and we, so you see that. But you get people who then. Unfortunately, it's self-perpetuating because they then hide. They say, well, I'm straight. And then you say, and then they message us, and our profile is really clear that if you're a single guy, we will not play with you if you're straight because we don't like the the sort of invisible barrier that that generates. We've done it, but it wasn't enjoyable because there's always that thing. It's like, well, I, I, right, right now, it would be convenient if I, if I put my arm around your shoulders just for stability. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're like, and I was like, well, can I do that? If I do that, are yeah. they going to be all like, oh, he was an aggressive gay? And it's like, ah, oh, it's just such hard work. So, so by hiding, they perpetuate this story that no one's bisexual, and that's really weird to me. Yeah. So then you get these guys who message you and go, well, no, but I am bi. It's like, well, your profile doesn't say it. Well, no, but, well, you know, it's just with the right people. It's like, well, okay, so what do you think is going to happen here? Do you think, are you really bisexual and you're hiding, or are you straight and you're pretending? And it's it's actually a really hard red flag to to deep, to pick apart and work out which it is, because there are a lot of men in our experience, who will say absolutely anything to get to the bedroom on the basis that, you know, I know you said that that's what you wanted, but actually when we're in the throes of it, you'll forget that and you won't be upset and you won't be bold enough to say, get out because you yeah. lied to us. Yeah. And, they, and they think that they'll go away with that. And that's not how it works, right? We're not those people, but maybe it work, that works for some people. I don't know. It wouldn't work for us. We, yeah. We'd kick them out naked. It'd be fine. <laughs> uh, but, but so, so and, and I hate that. I really hate it. And, and, and it's that, that idea that you have to hide away who you are mm-hmm. to kind of generate this, this interaction with people that you want, but it isn't going to be quite what you want because you're not being honest with yourself about who you are or what you want. Yeah. And unfortunately that perpetuates the whole, the whole thing in the, in the, in the sort of, uh, I can't think of another Circus. word, circles of people, not lifestyle. But the same thing actually applies to women, though. Is I, I think a lot of women lie about being bisexual. They're not. They just want to have the whole, oh, I've taken off the list and I've kissed a girl, then my husband likes it when I kiss a girl, then, you know. But I've, I've met a few women who I, I can see that, you know, you're really not into it. You're not into women at all. And you're just doing it because you kind of want to make it, it's like the cool girl phenomenon, you know. It's, it's a bit like... It's like, how you feel who you don't? And then, at the end a, of the day, it's still about hearts, not parts, right? That's right. And, and it's all about... It's fantastic to have being open, but if you're not true to yourself, then what's the point? It, feel, it feels like everyone's trying to form themselves into the sort of standard male fantasy. It's almost like if you were if you were a hugely powerful single patriarchal societal man, and you were going to create you were going to create this sort of sexual kink, and it was just for you, it would look a lot like it does. 
right? The women would all be bisexual. Everyone would be under 20 and, oh, sorry, under 30 and super hot. And, and that's the sort of, you know, aspiration mm. that you're putting out there. And actually the reality is, you know, people aren't like that. They're not, everyone's, everyone's not super hot. We've all got bumps and lumps and, 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 and no, that doesn't, rep- that isn't representative of the sort of makeup of, of people in the world mm. as well. So I feel like sometimes, and I don't know if this is true, but it feels like people are trying to force themselves into the sort of boxes that have been sort of laid out for them. And that's kind of where I have a problem with labels. And the labels force you into those boxes. And it's like, that doesn't really work mm. for real people, right? Real people are complicated and difficult and, and have wants and desires, which don't necessarily fit those labels. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I, oh, right, I appreciate you sharing all of that because it's, it's an important, it's important to talk about and mm. to acknowledge that all of like that that dynamic exists and is out there well and that it is i think you know your experience on fab swingers is probably no different than on any of the other dating sites out there that there's a mm. lot of men who are bi or interested in that but will never admit it public quote-unquote publicly on a on a dating site because and, and we have met a few men like that it was like yes that you know and it, they're clearly really up to having a good time but it's like my girlfriend and my wife could never know. And I'm like, yeah. And that's a, like the wife is okay with who you're going out with uh, for an MFM because there's another woman, but not because, but if she knew that she did anything with the guy, then you kind of have an issue with it. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah. But I I do think as a whole, the idea of the lifestyle is still incredibly patriarchal and incredibly sexist still. It's still about, and this is one one major issue I still have with like the party, the first party we went to is like the women are still printing themselves and doing changes of lingerie between, between scenes. And it felt like scenes when the men go around and belly with a clean t-shirt on. I'm like, make a bloody effort. And it's still like women having to be that little kind of perfect ideal of what men want to see at a sex party. And men, where's your effort? You know, how are you <laughs> engaging yep. me here? Take you know? socks off, man. <laughs> and, like, and, and you still see it all the time in all the profiles. You have, like, a couple uh, profiles, for example, picture after picture of a woman in different positions and, and just breasts everywhere, and then a single cock pick. And you go, like, yeah, yeah. is that all you have to offer? You know? Dining yeah, yeah there's, there's, yeah. Yeah. Outside of the whole... Let's have everyone have fun and have sex together. I just have to find a few issues with the whole feminism and patriarchal idea of you know what it should look like and the whole how people actually convey themselves. There is very much that, and you see that on all the sites and all the resorts, and it's still the same thing everywhere. It doesn't actually account for women as women in their own right, and right. so like they're there to be subservient to the male gaze. That got very deep. Sorry, I just really annoys you me. Got, you got, you got my eyes. I like it. <laughs> No, it's it's all spot on, and I think you know I was just going to offer one, I don't know, not say a counterpoint to like the the bi guys keeping that off of their profile. In that you know for for you, Paul, right? Like you said in your relationship before Michaela, like it was part of who you were, but it wasn't. It didn't necessarily feel like something you were suppressing in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And so I can see for some people where it's not worth the hassle right like and they'll 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 keep it to themselves unless they feel comfortable right and if they feel comfortable with you they're willing to share that and that doesn't like it's a it's a hard one right because in one sense it's their it's their story to own but in another by them keeping it sort of a secret it it does pull everybody sort of down with it so it's it's a really it's a really hard one um 
And so, yeah, I don't know that there is a, I mean, the right answer is we don't treat people like shit and they just feel comfortable being who they are. That's, exactly. that's the right answer. Right. Um, the, the right so. answer is everyone could be honest about who they are and what they yeah. want. Mm-hmm. Right. Without fear, of, without fear of judgment, evaporate pretty quickly. Yeah. So, and yeah. I do find, I mean, especially if you're contacting us and you can see that you're bi, I'm not. Why hide the fact that you're bi? You know, it's not like we're going to come out of you like, oh no, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate, yeah. and I think it is an unfortunate thing that just seems to self-perpetuate. And, and, yeah, it, and I, I would really, genuinely love it to just go mm. away. And yeah. you just everyone just be open about what, yeah. what they're up to. Right. But unfortunately, it's not going to be that easy because there is still a, you know, a, a, an undercurrent of anti-gay or anti, you know, it's still bisexual. Very, it's still very heteronormative. Yeah. 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 Apart yeah. from women. <laughs> in, in your discussions in opening up your relationship, how did like sexual health and safety play into that and like how how do you keep yourselves safe both from like a sexual health standpoint and just in you know going out like you said Michaela you wanted to know he wasn't being harvested his kidneys being harvested from <laughs> exactly. the black market but like so how how do you two approach that and before you answer that question, I just want to say, like, thank you for not hiding yeah. that. Thank mm-hmm. you for being open about your sexuality, no matter what that is. And just because the more people that can do that, I feel like the better all of us like are. So mainly for, for Michaela sure. as admitting she's a straight woman, in the, right? <laughs> yes, that's quite rare. It is. In a lot of ways, that's almost as shocking. Yeah, that's almost as I know. shocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. quite rare. Um, yeah, sexual health. health. Well, that's clear, right? That's, no, that's, that's always like, uh, no glove, no love. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a, a very straightforward one. Yeah, so we test ourselves regularly. We, mm. uh, we you know, we, we expect safe and protected sex with partners that we're that we're having, having yeah. fun times with it's as it's as simple as that it, really actually it actually it's more than that these days because we've also come across a, an addition of a uh, are you vaxxed oh uh, yeah so yeah. and uh, <laughs> taking people out who are not you know yeah um, it's, it's become part of the screening now for us because yeah. we're not going to risk that you know I, I had a really bad time when i got covid and i don't really want to yeah, go back there so. that was not fun <laughs> um yeah but we have actually had an issue with that too, uh, with not the vaccine thing, but there has been with uh, sexual health. Because we, um, if we do get serious about someone, especially if it's a single person, we do have kind of like a little list of like, it sounds a bit, <clears throat> sounds a bit like Ten Commandments, but it's like we have boundaries, and one of them is, is sexual health. And we've had people go like, oh, I don't know why you're making a point of saying this, saying this before we meet. I'm like, well. We have to be upfront about it. It's like, and if you can't even have a conversation about your own sexual health, what makes you think I'm going to be going anywhere near you? You know, yep. if you can't be open about something so simple as when did you last get tested, <laughs> then why would I even meet you for a drink? Because <laughs> yep. obviously you don't take it seriously enough to, to care about anyone else's health. That sounds yeah. awful the way you put it, though. It's it's not. It's just about understanding where people are at right? yeah. and making sure that we're all aligned mm. in what our expectations but are. But it's a good way of actually sorting out the weed from the shaft, though, because if you can't answer that, then then you're no. not our people. Yeah, and it's. And and I, I don't. People. I don't want to get to a point ever where we're at a critical junction, if you see yeah. what I mean, where and people have a mismatch in expectation. Mm. Well, I yep, thought we were doing Burbank. Well, we're definitely not. So that's out the door, you know. Yeah. Or you know, I thought this was okay. Or the oh oh did, was that not okay? Oh, it's a bit late now. It's like no, we should all be really clear 
And it's not rules. It's just about expectations, I think, and expectation mm-hmm. management. So if you want to do this, that's fine. But this is yep. this is the kind mm-hmm. of the way that needs to plan out. And I think that's that's. I think people often forget that step. Mm-hmm. They yeah. get it carried away, and I'm, I guess I'm the worst for that, right? Mm. Getting carried away in the enthusiasm and going, "Oh, this is fun!" And, and then suddenly it's like, "Well, wait, actually, hang on. You did a misstep there because you did a thing, and and there's four people or more, right, that have to kind of sync up there." So I think it is a really important mm. conversation to have, but it's not very sexy. So I think people skip it because it's like, yeah. "Oh, I don't want to put them off by talking about condoms." It's like. But you have to, because yeah, right. when are you going to have that conversation? Just before you have sex? Because that's way less sexy. Yeah, so, right. right. And we have a term for that, right, which is, we, we refer to it as the email. But also, there's this whole thing of, like, consent is sexy. And this is part of that consent process, is understanding what things are what things are enjoyed and what things mm. are and not And it's, it's also a two-way conversation. You know, we have our guidelines that we like to share. But, you know, t- tell us what your guidelines are. Tell us what you want. What are your expectations? What are your no-nos? Um, what would you like to do? What would you like? Would we you can like? do that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, but just kind of like make it clear so that uh, not just for us, but in your own head, what do you want out of this? I mean, yeah. 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 Good. It's a good right. conversation. And I think yeah. it's, it's like you said, it's important to have it earlier. Right. And get it, not necessarily get it out of the way, but like make sure everyone's aligned before you do invest that time. Right. Um, Absolutely. It's part so, of the selection yeah. process. That sounds awful to put it like that, but, but it's a job application. It is, it is a bit <laughs> yeah. like that, right? If you want to find that four way connection, the last thing you want to do is everyone be really into each other and yeah. then realize you've got some massive disconnect when right. it comes to the sexual, the sexual part, to the basics, that would be really disappointing for everyone. I, I certainly, I, I know that when we got really close to someone and then it doesn't happen for whatever, I feel quite sad about that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I thought I felt like I had a connection with you. So I'd much rather have that conversation at a point where I'm not that invested. <laughs> so yeah. like yeah. We're, we're not doing it out the gate. It's not, hello, this is us. Here's our photos. Here's our list of things we need you to do. It's not, well, it's not you know, there's a, t- there's a too early as well as a too late. Yeah. Hmm. yeah there's a time and place. <laughs> yep. Do you two have, any bloopers that you would want to share around navigating relationships um and (laughs) they can be sexual or not but we like to ask this question to kind of show that uh sex and relationships don't always go as planned and that it's it's normal to have mistakes and bumps along the way Mm Oh, go on then. Go on. Which one would you like? There's <laughs> <laughs> a long list of shit that went okay, wrong. We, we have this idea that, you know, bloopers are good. When things go wrong, they're good. Because it gives you a chance, another A fog, another opportunity for growth, or is it in a party story? You know, <laughs> when yep, things go yep. really wrong, that's when you know you can have a good laugh about it. We've had, we've had a date where she turned up pregnant and didn't tell us because people previously had had an issue with it. And I'm like, all the more reasons why you should have told us. Yeah, that was uh, lovely people. <laughs> um, we've had, oh, I hope this isn't TMI, but um, we've had um, one date with this guy where we had a really, really good time. And Paul had such a good time that he did his his usual shaking, fating thing. And it really freaked out the other guy. And I had to kind of go, it's fine. He'll, he'll come back to you in a minute. Just give him a second. <laughs> and the other guy was so freaked out because he'd never seen anything like that before. And I'm like, it's actually good on you. It means you've done a really good job. Because <laughs> my boyfriend has now fainted. So well done. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's it's all fun. There was that so. time you told too much information on the podcast. And I, that right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say, I think I think there's there's um, both of those example, both of those bloopers um, are opportunities for 
a disclosure ahead of time, you should probably tell people you're pregnant and you should probably tell people if you faint at any point during, uh, exactly. Well, it, was well, like, it doesn't always happen. But we've also, we've also <laughs> had like, Oh my God, we were so excited about this one date and he was looking so promising. We'd had a social beforehand and he was really cute. And we got to the hotel room and he was stuck in traffic for hours on end. And you think, well, let's make the best of it. Yay, hotel sex, you know. So it's, it's about just what you make of the situation more than anything else. When things go wrong, it's the opportunity to just kind of turn them around. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like you said earlier, like every time you go out, it's a date for you two. Yes. And and basically anything else that happens is is icing on the cake. It's a really it's a really nice way of setting our expectations really low. Wait, <laughs> I expect a good date out of it if you don't mind. No, but we have a nice time. We always have a nice time. Yeah, we always. But if you go out, I think it's a, the, the, that sex club thing, right? You go to a sex club and you've got this expectation that you're going to have an amazing time with another couple, and then when that, if that doesn't happen, you then feel really bad about the experience. Whereas for us, we're going to a sex club where we're going to be surrounded by a bunch of cool people, and we're going to have a brilliant time. And if, if something else him? happens. That's brilliant. That's that's icing on the cake. It's not why we're there. Mm. And it's really important for us to set that level in mm. our heads. It's like we're going out for a cool time and we're going to surround ourselves mm. with opportunities to have cooler times, but the base level is we're going to have the best time we yeah. can have, right? And I think that's that that's been that's just kind of a relatively new thing, but actually it's been really good for us to to mentally put ourselves in those positions. Yeah. Because there are people who go to sex clubs and they, they want the validation from other people that other people want them and desire them. And then when they don't get it, they leave utterly distraught and i think that's a terrible shame yeah we've seen that (laughs) yep yeah Yeah. for sure well thank you for everything we want to be respectful of your time but we did want to give you the opportunity if there's anything we haven't talked about that you wanted to get out there um and again a a huge amount of gratitude for for everything you've shared and talked about we've covered a lot of ground and it's been amazing so thank you thank you it's been really it's been really fun it'll be interesting because so far all the stories we hear tend to be like u.s centric and um it's not any different it's not any different (laughs) whether you're across the pond or not to be honest Um, we just have funny accents yeah yeah pretty much (laughs) but yeah we've got nothing to plug right we did this because it was interesting and it's an interesting way for us to think about and actually it's been really nice because you ask interesting questions and that makes us think about things differently and that's that's the reason we came Mm. so i think a lot of the times when we do actually meet people part of it is the attraction of being with people where you can be open and honest about your king side um sometimes you just want to have an open conversation about like look my other boyfriend did this. How would you like when, when things didn't quite go as planned with your solo recently, it would have been really useful to have had someone that Paul could speak to outside of me. Mm. Um, yeah. Someone who would be judgmental, just be understanding of it. And yeah, that would have been, and you need those people. And I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that I do have people that I could talk to outside who wouldn't be judgmental, but Paul, maybe not so much. That's a whole right. other topic. About yeah. talking to your non uh, your vanilla friends about stuff that you do. Mm, and I find totally. they always fall into one of two camps. They either are um, envious or they're vicarious. But very rarely, at least in my experience from my male friends, they either want to know everything you did because they, they want to replay it in their head or they're envious that you're doing something that they could never have that opportunity to do. And think you're an do, awful person. And they think you're a bit of a shit, yeah. yeah. And there's very little understanding or... Um, or sympathy actually mm. which is yeah. why i got quite that got quite difficult for me because i don't actually have lifestyle friends well, but I, I don't have people who who aren't vanilla that are my close friends and so actually talking about when i'm feeling really awkward about you know my second girlfriend 
Uh, and they're just going, you got two girlfriends. What are you worried about? It's like, yeah. but I feel wretched about the situation that I'm in right now. And you can't understand that. And that's, that's a, yeah. it's a really yeah. tough, that's a tough place yeah, to be. They'll look at you and be like, well, but you, you have two people. Why? Like problem solved. Just th- get rid just of one. Get rid of yeah. one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's like, no, please. no, that's not what I want. That's not, that's not like that. Just try to understand my <laughs> perspective yeah. here. Like, like, oh. That's like you're crying because you're, you're a diamond tiara. It's too heavy on your head. And your wallet's <laughs> yeah. too big to go in your pockets. What are you bitching about? <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm sorry. I'm crying because I've got so much money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, th- again, thank you both. Yes. Um, this was thank fantastic. So we appreciate your time and, and your vulnerability with us. And yeah, we're just excited. So thank yeah. you. Cool. It's been it's been really really fun actually. You guys have a good day. Thank you for stretching. Yeah, out. you have a wonderful a wonderful evening. Yes, have a wonderful rest of your evening. Thanks again. Bye. And we're back. A huge thank you to Michaela and Paul for coming on the show and sharing your story. We loved talking to you and are so excited to get your story out there. So thank you again. Yeah, I will just echo that gratitude. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. A quick reminder to go check out our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Again, I say it all the time. Uh, but on our website, you can find information about our Patreon community, about our upcoming virtual events, our upcoming in-person events. You can find podcast show notes and reach out to us and a lot more. So go check it out. Yes. And while you're there, one other thing that we haven't told you you can do is check out our... Re- <laughs> hey, At least not today. Not, yeah, we've told you a lot today. Uh, but... Check out the resources tab. One of our favorite resources that is on there is stdcheck.com. You save $10 if you use the links and it helps support the show financially. So we are eternally grateful to you for doing that. Plus, it helps you be an awesome sexual health advocate. If you're going to be out at anybody else's events, any events of your own or meeting people, we highly, highly recommend getting tested and knowing your status so you can have an educated conversation with whoever you're hanging out with. Go check it out as well. It's the service MNI use. It's super awesome. It's fast. It's easy. And it's pretty affordable. It's about $130 with the discount for a 10 panel test. You don't want to miss it. Sometimes it's so easy and fast. We do it just for fun. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not going to comment on that one. All right. You, <laughs> but... don't, you don't have to. I already told the truth. So <laughs> check that out. Thank you again in advance for your support in all things that we do. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Next week, we have an episode, an interview with Brittany and Chad. They are the hosts of the Tangled Up Together podcast. Go check that out in the meantime, but come back next week and listen to their episode. And until then, have a, I mean, if you're a Christmas celebrator, have a great Christmas. Yes. Have a wonderful holiday season and we'll see you next week. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening.